Welcome back, your favorite podcast, Nothing Important, your host, your favorite host. I'm your favorite host. If this is your favorite podcast, then I'm your favorite. You get the fucking point. It's Matt Reyes. It's Nothing Important. How are you? I'm enjoying myself, man. I'm post-workout right now, so the energy... Yeah, I'm not even like super high energy. I've been doing the same weightlifting routine for a while now. I try to do it three times a week. And this is probably month five or six that I've been consistently doing it. So I don't feel the super pump, ladies and gentlemen, but I do feel a different type of motherfucking energy. I do feel a fucking different type of energy where post work on. I think about that, man. There's nothing like lifting weights. I know all men listening, maybe women, if I have any female body bis, uh, bodybuilders listening to the body blisters, hopefully there's no female body blisters going around. If there's any female bodybuilders that are listening to the Nothing Important podcast, maybe you understand what I'm saying. But for men, when you lift weights, it does something to you. I know that it releases HGH I know that you get the pump in your muscles and you literally, for even if it's for a moment, maybe you don't hold on to the fucking gains. Maybe you're jerking off too much. Maybe your diet isn't clean. But for a fucking moment, you feel physically bigger and stronger. And there is nothing like a post-pump workout to make your dick feel three inches bigger. Oh my God! What would be the equivalent for like a woman? <laughs> I imagine that working out does something for a woman, right? You you feel the same blood rush, you get the workout high, uh, but it does does it have the same psychological effect that it does for men? Because my cock feels humongous right now. You understand what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> what is that equivalent for like a woman's brain? Because men are always obsessed with things like that. I think the, the things that men obsess over to make them feel better. And that's a, that's a universal human quality. Everybody wants a better circumstance. Everybody wants an edge over the next person. We're all subtly competitive like that. And even if you are happy with who you are and you're working your hardest and you have good income, there's always things. It's just part of the human experience. You want to improve. We want to grow. It is the nature of the human genome. This is where adaptation comes from. This is what evolution is based upon. We are always expanding. We are always growing. And the manifestation of that psychologically in every human being is we look at ourselves and we think from time to time, how, how can we be better? How could we be, maybe if my, my eyes were a little bit bigger, maybe if my, the bridge of my nose is a little bit longer, maybe if my, my, my biceps were a little bit thicker. You know what I'm saying? People have different things. I think universally for men, they focus on the cock. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they focus on the wee-wee. It's partially learned behavior. It is partially learned behavior. This era that we live in, of free pornography. Oh my God. I mean, I talk shit about social media and technology atrophying the muscles of critical thought and creativity and the ever encroaching artificial intelligence that is going to make all the things that we find beautiful about hum the contribution that humans uh, give to this planet. 
it's going to atrophy all that, right? Artificial intelligence is going to do everything fucking for you. It's going to serve you the food. It's going to make you the food. It's going to make its own recipes. It's, it's just like, what are we going to be? What are we going to be? I talk so much shit about that, but something more interesting to focus on is, is pornography and the psychological effect that porn has on men, human beings. I just said it. We all have a want, a need to be better than we are. That's the nature of the human species, regardless of race, age, gender, class, creed, geography. We all want to improve. We want to be better than we are at the time being. And the way that manifests typically for men, the pee-pee. And I blame a small portion of that. I would say probably 75%. I said a small portion. It's probably the majority of it. On pornography. It is porn, ladies and gentlemen. When I'm watching porn, my dick feels like a little fucking eraser. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when I put the pornography down, I feel good with my dick. I feel good. I feel better post-workout. Right now, my dick just feels... Even though technically when I lift weights, my dick shrivels up. Why am I talking about my dick so much? But you, you get the, the, this is really like a conversation, not about cocks. This is about psychology. This is about the things that we do to make us feel more powerful than we may believe ourselves to be. And I said all that because I was curious. I'm not a woman. I love women. I love me some motherfucking women. I'm curious, what is their psychological dick? There was this guy I studied. I've been in sales for a long time. And there's this guy, he, he's a, he was a psychological savant. His name was Edward Bernays, and he's long past, but he was made famous because he was a, a genius marketer. This guy saw people in large groups. He didn't understand how to analyze individuals on an individual by individual base. He didn't see the world. He didn't see humans like that. He didn't inspect or observe the human race like that. He saw large populace and that consensus habits within these large groups. And that's how he saw the world. He had a very particular lens. And this allowed him to have great capabilities in the world of marketing. You can look the guy up, Edward Bernays. I bring him up because he had an interesting campaign that made him a lot of fucking money. Made him very famous, very sought. He had a very particular campaign that I find interesting. We're, we're trying to parallel women's ego to the male ego. It was a time in America where predominantly men were smoking cigarettes. Women didn't smoke cigarettes. It wasn't appealing to the female psyche at this time in America for women to smoke cigarettes. And the cigarette company, being a capitalist entity, and the most capitalist place on the planet, America, they came up with the bright idea of going after an untapped market. There's so many women in fucking America and then none of them are smoking cigarettes. We want to get their money too. We got all these guys smoking cigarettes on a daily motherfucking basis. We need to get the cigarettes in the hand of the people that don't have cigarettes in their hand. You get the fuck? It's very simple. And they hired this guy, Edward Bernays. Edward Bernays had the bright idea of thinking about things in terms of men parallel to women, understanding the psyche of a man. Men want bigger dicks. And he said, women don't have dicks, but what is a woman's dick? And what does the dick represent? And Edward Bernays, he really thought about this and he realized like the dick represents power. 
The dick represents power. Big cock swinging, big dick swinging. That expression is an expression of power. That's somebody who is an alpha. You know, they're the leader of the fucking lion pride. They're the leader of the pack. And so he he thought about it. He was like, how can I give women a dick? How can I tap into that? And he just replaced the concept of a dick with a cigarette. And he started making campaigns for women to entice them to smoke where the cigarette would act as a phallic symbol. If you don't know what a phallic symbol, it's a cock. It's symbolism for a dick. It's symbolism for power. If you don't understand how deep this is rooted in American society, go to Washington fucking DC and see the obelisk. See how every structure that is representative of power in our government resembles a cock. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no mistake there. The dick is power. And Edward Bernays is a very bright guy. Marketing genius. He was a savant. He understood after he was tasked with this, this problem. Edward, come. We're the cigarette corporation. We need you to create a solution for us. There's all these women out there and none of them are smoking our cigarettes. How can you get the cigarettes into their hands? He said, listen, women are just like men. They're just absent of a fucking dick and balls, but they have egos too. Let me give them a fucking dick. I'm a market to them and create a cigarette in the form of a phallic symbol. Bingo, bango, jango. It's, it's fucking incredible. It's fucking incredible. It's fucking incredible, ladies and gentlemen. So I think, you know, a big dick for a guy symbolizes power. I think that's probably what it is. And I think for women uh, who don't have dicks, you have to be sensitive nowadays. Um <laughs> Apparently, there's chicks with motherfucking dicks legally. Ladies and gentlemen, we live in the straight that. Um, but for anybody who's out there that is a woman and doesn't have a dick, they need that sense of power just like a man does. They desire that sense of power just like a man does. You know? I personally would say, and when I think about myself, I say it jokingly, no, my dick does not actually feel three inches bigger after I lift weight. Um... I don't source my sense of self and my sense of um, value on these things. I feel like, not that I'm better or that I'm more enlightened, uh, but I actually have true confidence in self. So if I do work out, it makes me feel better. It physically makes me, I have that sensation of feeling better. I have that sensation, the HGH pump, the blood pumping, the workout high. I do feel that. But psychologically, I don't feel any different. I know myself to be powerful with or without the workout. I just don't want to look like a fat piece of shit. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> We're all vain, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just keeping the motherfucker rip. I'm just keeping the motherfucker rip. Um, I think that's interesting, though. I think that is interesting. It may be an important function, this concept of wanting to be more than you are, this need to expand outside of the obvious evolution, adaptation, growth of civilizations, the furthering of the human intellect, uh, you know, making more refined and efficient infrastructure in cities, building better civilizations, greater thinkers, greater political systems, more equal rights for everybody. All of that excluded for a moment. If you think about it a little bit, you know, in more simple terms. I think if people didn't feel self-conscious, if they didn't feel less 
than what they desired at all times. This is kind of something that we deal with in, in, in the human experience. We kind of always feel like we're at the bottom of some type of hill. Uh, if It might be your perception because of where you are in life. You see somebody who's very successful and you think they're at the mountaintop, but in their mind, they're looking at somebody who's in a higher mountain and they want to get on the top of that fucking mountain. That's life. And if we didn't have that natural thing, I don't think the human race would survive. I think, you know what I'm saying? We would all just be fat and fucking lazy and contented. So this perceivable negative, being self-conscious or feeling like your dick is too small. If anybody's listening to Nothing Important Podcast, your favorite podcast with your favorite host, Matt Reyes, my dick is probably bigger than yours. If you feel self-conscious, that's a good thing. You probably blessed with a smaller dick <laughs> so that you can strive harder. I'm joking. There's no way for me to know how big your dick is, how big my dick is. And that's kind of gay. I don't want to have that conversation. I don't want to know how big your dick is. Um, ladies, any women out there, that's what would offend me. You want to trigger me? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I, this is why I'm against the trans movement, because I don't want women out there with bigger dicks than me. You understand? <laughs> I don't want a woman walking around with a bigger dick than me. Um, sorry, I got triggered. And I'm going to release that trigger, ladies and gentlemen, because I told you pre, post, with or without the workout, I still feel powerful. I still feel self-confident. I, I actually had some friends that sent me a text recently. And it was one of these personality tests. We've all taken them. If you work in corporate America, you have some creepy boss who wants to overanalyze and get into the granular uh, mental faculties of his employees. And they pass around some form of a personality test and they'll use that against you because that's fucking corporate America. That's corporate America. Ladder. We've all taken some form of this. And my friend put it in the chat. I like my friends. I trust my friends. I don't think they were trying to fucking get in my head. And I took the test and they took the test and I noticed one definitive uh, categorization of the results. They would give you like a synopsis of like four pages where they would tell you uh, just a general overview of your personality type. So, for example, mine was uh, an assertive um, campaigner. So basically kind of fits the idea of somebody who rallies a whole bunch of people together to create some form of consensus uh, salesman, somebody who's campaigning for somebody else. That's, you know, that's pretty much my personality. I like to fucking talk a lot. I'm pretty fucking persuasive. They hit it on the motherfucking head. And the reason I brought this up is because the first word there was assertive. It wasn't just campaigning. You could be assertive or you could be turbulent. And I thought that to be very fucking interesting because I, I not to be binary in my assessment of the human race, the wide breadth of personality traits that each individual human being has. We are all like snowflakes. No two are actually alike, but we all do share a palette of possible emotional reactions and emotional predispositions, psychological predispositions. And I thought that was an interesting way to kind of categorize two different types of people. Being somebody who is assertive in life and somebody who's turbulent. And the way that this personality test kind of broke that down, it was explaining that assertive people see themselves, regardless of where they actually are, regardless of where they actually are 
in life. They see their lives and they see themselves as successful. And that was what, you know, was attributed to uh, me through the series of questions. Very random. I'm not going to fucking put my, you know, I, I don't I don't think this is like a tea reading or somebody read my fucking poem. You understand what I'm saying? I don't think this is a gypsy woman's prediction of fame and fortune in my future. I'm not putting that much weight into it. Grain of motherfucking salt. All that being said, I think that's a pretty accurate assessment of myself. Being somebody who believes themselves and their circumstance to be successful. It's a way of looking at life. And opposite of that, if you had been categorized as turbulent, that is more so somebody who, regardless of where they are in life, they could have great financial status. They could have a successful relationship. They could be very well in shape. They could be healthy. They could have kids who are being educated well. They can live in a nice neighborhood. They can have all of the perceivable boxes in that list of what constitutes as a successful life checked off. And for whatever reason, that personality type of turbulent still sees the world a certain way and makes that uh, perception of the world around them internally that kind of manifests as they don't feel successful. So they could be richer than the next guy. They could be hap- uh, perceivably happier. They could have more. They could have more safety. They could have less struggle. And for whatever reason, they still feel less successful. And I, I find that very interesting. I find that very fucking interesting. Myself, um, I feel very successful. And it's not just, ladies and gentlemen, some people would chalk that up to there are realistic logical, pragmatic human beings. And on the other side, there are delusional human beings. I don't think that's the uh, distinguishing factor here. I don't think it's that some people just decide to trick themselves into happiness or trick themselves into a place of comfort. I think some people believe in themselves. Some people feel confident in themselves. I have that type of personality. And I think this is a rare quality, honestly, but I am speaking honestly. I really do believe in myself regardless of the outcome. I really do. I believe what I fucking say. I don't just say shit. I'm lying, ladies and gentlemen. Some of the shit I said is bullshit. Take it all with a motherfucking greatest all. No. Um, you understand what I'm saying by that? I speak with passion. I speak with conviction because I believe in myself. It's not being hard-headed and thinking I'm God or thinking that I'm right about everything. It is just coming from a place of internal honesty, understanding I will continue to learn and will continue to grow. I am confident and happy that I am who I am. And I believe personally that that attracts success and opportunity in all forms, form of relationship, form of friendships, the form of material success, forms of physical health, low stress and happiness. I feel like all of that is brought to me because of that attitude of self-confidence. It's not arrogance. It might come across to people who are not as self-confident, to people who are not as convicted, that don't have as much passion or conviction in their thoughts, in what they contribute to this to society, what they contribute to, to the world. For people that don't think that way, when a person is highly self-confident and believes in themselves, it could appear to them as arrogance. It's foreign in their brain. For me, it's not, it's not like that. I don't walk around feeling better than anybody. I just am happy I'm me. I'm happy I'm me, baby.
Until I see a fucking woman with a bigger dick than me. That, then, you know what I'm saying? I get you. We all got our triggers. Um, <laughs> Holy shit. Holy shit. I didn't see that one coming, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't see a lot coming in my life. I Just to be very honest with you, my life ain't perfect, but it feels perfect. It feels perfect. I feel happy where I'm at. I feel like I have the world in my fucking palm. It's just my feeling. It's just what my fucking heart feels. If you can't relate, okay. Sorry, I'm just being honest about myself. I feel good. I'm happy where I'm at, but I did not see myself exactly here. One thing I really didn't predict when I was a child was being a 30-year-old man in a world where women are walking around with a bigger dick than me. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I was a self-conscious middle schooler. I remember going through puberty, my balls dropping and my dick fucking growing. Does anybody remember that when their body grew? You know what I'm saying? I, was, I, I grew very quickly uh, before my balls dropped. So I was like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, with the, the infantile penis. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like in sixth grade, hit a physical growth spurt, and my fucking dick didn't have any hair on it. And then, in that, you know, next year it all caught up. Thank God. But, um, geez, that was weird. Uh, but you understand what I'm saying? What if I would have had that information? Maybe it's good not to know what's in the future because you wouldn't be able to fucking deal with it psychologically in the present. How would I have coped with all of the hormonal changes going on during puberty? Thinking, oh my God, my dick grew. Did it grow enough? I got hair on my nuts. Girls are looking at me a certain type of way. I don't know how to react to it. I'm looking at girls a certain type of way. They don't know how to react to it. I have to learn all these fucking new things. Because at the base level, we are in school, in middle school. We're, we're getting educated and it's important to grow intellectually and to be a contributor in society. But let's just keep it fucking real, ladies and gentlemen. The point of us... Being on this planet is to suck and fuck. You understand what I'm saying? If you're a girl out there, get the fucking sucking and then let him finish in your ass because that's how it works, right? None of your ass, your vagina, because we need to have babies, procreation. That's, the, that's what's going to keep us alive. You get the fucking point. What I'm trying to say is in this time of transition, hormonal transition, I would not have been able to cope with that factor introduced into my fucking my psyche. <laughs> hey, when you get older... You know, when you're a fully mature man, you're not only going to have to contend with the reality that there are going to be men out there that are more financially successful, that are going to be taller. They're going to be physically better looking. They're going to have a bigger dick than you. You're going to have to compete with this in the landscape of finding a mate and procreating. But guess what? When you're 30, there's going to be women out there with a bigger dick than you. How would I have fucking functioned in my brain? I would not have been able to fucking develop. Jesus Christ. I find that funny. Um, for anybody who's continuing listening to Nothing Important Podcasts, if you are of the female persuasion and you have a big dick, no offense. No offense. Good for you. I don't want to be around you. It's not because I'm disgusted by trans people. I have no problem with the freedoms of sexual exploration. If you want to cut your titties off and keep a dick or grow some tits and keep a dick and cut your dick off. and you, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. I don't care what you're doing. It doesn't matter to me. But I might get triggered if you are a woman and you have a 12-inch cock. That might upset me. That might, <laughs> that might upset me. think I've said it before, ladies and gentlemen. I think I've found a solution for this. For anybody who has the metaphorical balls, the figurative, symbolic testicles, big brass bull balls to go into a pickle chopping factory and get your dick and your your 
your berries amputated, for anybody who has the courage to do that, why don't you donate it to a guy with a little dick? You know what I'm saying? Why don't you, they should set that up. It's just fucking, for any guy that's out there, for men in general, men in general, any heterosexual man with old tendencies in their brain who are against trans people who can't compute in their brain that people should be free to do whatever the fuck they want to do. No, I'm not talking about shoving it down our kids' throats. You understand what I meant by that. Now, I'm not talking about political idealisms being fucking marketed to the masses. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying live and let live. For anybody who has a problem with trans people, I guarantee you this would fucking, it would heal all wounds. Everybody will be hand in hand around the campfire. Circular motion, kumbaya. It'll be fucking beautiful. Get the people with the big dicks who don't want the big dicks. Give it to the people who want big dicks. Come on. It's very fucking simple. <laughs> it's very simple. I got the answers for society. I'm not thinking in terms of medical conditions and advances in medicine that could help people who have debilitating pain or diseases or handicaps. That's not what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking what fucking matters. There are a lot of trans individuals who have big old beefy cocks and they don't even want them. They don't want what they what God blessed them with. And there's people out there with little microscopic wee-wees that would kill for that shit. <laughs> Can't we just switch a rule? You know how desperate some guys are for fucking big dicks? They'll take whatever color. They don't care. They don't care for matches. Uh, <laughs> how does that work? I know you introduce certain things into the body that are foreign. The body might fight that off. I don't think I, you know, how does that work? You put a new dick on your body? Is that, I don't know. I hear horror stories online, you know, about uh, the trans shit. Like this guy, he was like, he had like a testimonial, uh, which that word has fucking shifted, right? <laughs> I grew up Pentecostal going to these strange rooms with red curtains. <sighs> Where a pastor goes up there and he takes poor people, poor people's money. And a testimonial in my brain was somebody up, you know, going up there and saying, yeah, I used to smoke crack and stab people on the, on the D train in the fucking 70s. And I gave my life to the Lord and now I can take your money. You understand what I'm saying? That's what I thought a testimonial was. Now testimonials, you go up on any online platform and you can see a trans person crying about the horrible mistake that it was to cut off their dick. Um, I saw this guy or he was a, now he's a girl and I guess he regrets turning into a woman and he was explaining the depression because he had this concept that um, he would be able to amputate his penis and the wound that would be kept open um, that the body would not do what it does uh, with any other op open wound on the body that for whatever reason because of his political <laughs> Or psychological beliefs that that would that belief would impart magic onto a physical wound on the body, and so what happened was, uh, uh, I guess it's like an artificial vagina was created, this open wound, and it started to close, because that's what the body does. And I I always had before I saw this quote unquote testimony, I always did have that question. I was confused about that. I was like, you know, if I I've, I've gotten horrible injuries in my life. I've cut myself open. I remember when I was, you know, 
talking about being a preteen again, when I was a preteen, I got in this bike accident. I was riding a bike and I broke my leg, broke my arm and I landed on my chin and like almost the entirety of my chin came off. It was a huge open wound. I needed a whole bunch of stitches for that. And I remember the wound closed and, you know, I have a scar now. So I never understood, like, if you create an artificial vagina and you open this part up in the body, how does that stay open? How does that? I don't know. So the guy was up there and his testimony was just talking to people. Um, Do I really have strong opinions on this? Once again, I think people should be free to do whatever they want. I really hope that education is the prevailing force, not political idealisms, that logic or a sense of uh, medical reality is the prevailing voice in the discussion around body surgeries. Because regardless of what a human being wants to do with their body, they should be free to, that's, that's my political view, that's my political view. You should be free to do whatever the fuck you want to do. But if there is misinformation, if there is miseducation and, um, you know, kind of like the smoke screen that exists right now, like people are kind of confused and they want to exist in a, you know, a certain way. And it's presented in society that this is a viable option. And in this person that I was, I was watching a testimonial in that person's case, um, I guess they were under the impression that if they cut off their dick and put a hole where the dick was, that the hole would stay open. So I feel like there has to be a more prevailing voice of education there. That wounds close. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Um, I sound like an asshole and that's okay. You know, I want to say this and I'll end on this. Uh, you know, this is a beautiful episode of me just telling you guys how confident I am. Isn't that fucking great? Don't you tune in for me to be confident? I hope you are just as confident. If you have a turbulent personality, I believe you can turn that right to a assertive personality. I think you can 180 that bitch. I think you could believe in yourself. And I really do believe once you have a true sense of self-confidence, once you do believe in yourself, everything in your world will change. I really do fucking believe that. I really do fucking believe that. Anyway, um, the last thing I wanted to talk about was like kind of why I speak with such conviction and why I feel so self-assured and how that relates to the intention and the attempt of me making this podcast. And I'll break it down like this. I think it's easier for a human being to digest abstract concepts or extremes through other mediums of art. I consider podcasting to be an art form. I think public speaking uh, has adapted as we have more access to technology. And this is a new form of public speaking. It is not in front of people, but it is uploaded onto mediums where a large group of people listen to people speak. This is an art form. Podcasting is an art form. Other forms of art, it may be easier for individuals to digest extremes or abstract concepts. And I'll give an example. If I was a painter and I wanted to paint the sun and I wanted to paint the sun, but elicit and express the emotion of what I was feeling in the moment that I was painting, maybe I felt hot and maybe I felt uncomfortable because the sun was just bright and it was burning down on me. So I didn't just draw the regular circle 
and the rays of the sun coming out of that. I drew uh, an abstract or painted rather an abstract painting of the sun and it looked like magma and it was melting and dripping down onto the ground. That would be an abstract depiction. The sun doesn't actually look like that, but it is listening and expressing an extreme. And the point of this way to express is to give the viewer the understanding of my emotional reaction to the sun as I was painting it, right? That is an easier uh, concept to digest through the medium of painting. When it comes into podcasting, it is understandable for me, regardless of my intention, that people take a very brass conviction or speaking in extremes as a literal representation of how I feel or even a literal representation of my character. I'm not an arrogant individual. I'm not married to any of my ideas. I think until I die, when I'm an old fucking rich man with a hole in my sweatpants, paying for coffee on the Upper West Side with a a dirty trench coat on, but millions of dollars in my motherfucking bank account. You know what I'm saying? When I'm that old son of a bitch, I will still be learning. That is my ambition. That is my vision for my life. I am always growing, always learning. If you hear an individual on a podcast or expressing themselves to a medium such as public speaking, the public speaking of the future, which is podcasting, and they're speaking with extreme conviction, you know, maybe it would aid the person observing to understand that it is art. And the way and the way that I, I kind of thought about it, why I speak with such conviction and sometimes extremes and extreme contradictions and not a lot of self-editing because we live in a strange time. We live in a strange time where people take things so literally and people are so offended by things that everybody's scared to speak their minds. So the Nothing Important podcast is the intention here is to be extreme. It is to trigger. It is to be offensive but it's art. It's abstract. It's an overcorrection. I'm not actually this fucking character. These are not actually 100% my fucking beliefs. It's an exaggeration. And I hope people get that. I hope people understand that, man. My intention is not to hurt people. My intention is not to confuse people. It's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be absurd. It's supposed to be entertainment, you know? And, you know, I think I'm the shit, personally. I just told you how fucking confident I am. For anybody who's continuing listening to Nothing Important Podcast, I want to thank you sincerely. Do me un favor. Actually, do me two. Do me two favors. Go onto my Instagram, like posts, like the reels. I also created a Twitter. El nada dada. El nada dada. E-L-N-A-D-A-D-A-D-A. On Twitter. That's my at, baby. Go follow me on there. I'm going to upload content on Twitter. I've been uploading content on Instagram. You're probably listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music. You're listening to this on Amazon Music. Wherever the fuck you listen to a goddamn podcast or you're watching the visual representation on YouTube. Subscribe. Follow me on all platforms. Continue growing with me. If you're on my Instagram, there is a little option right there for you to donate. If you are going to give, give with love. Until next time.